0: We're back here in our uh, weekly uh, Shiul of the the extraordinary letter by the Gaon uh, Mivilna to his uh, wife and the rest of his family and needless to say to us what well, we're learning this week after week learning how to live like a Jew how to think like a Jew how to uh, understand things from the perspective of of the sages and how they got to be where they are. Uh, tonight you will be for uh Shmat Malka Bat Mazal, Shemirachem a little tinuket, uh, that uh, died at um, five weeks old. May uh, Hashem uh, bring a, a lot of uh, good to the family. the Shem and better times and uh, nechama. Uh, that this uh, baby was uh, clearly a very righteous uh, neshama that came to the world and only needed to uh, complete a tikkun for a very short period of time before going to Gan Eden, uh, which uh, although is uh, great for that neshama and even great for uh, the, uh, the people that understand it, needless to say, it's a uh, difficulty that uh, uh, you don't even wish on your enemies. So may HaKadosh Baruch Hu bring neshama to her parents. And to all that uh, are uh, suffering because of it. Uh, also, tonight's uh, Shul uh, will be for a Refuash Lema for uh, Hinda Chaya bat Charna, uh, uh, and also Chaim Akiva ben Hinda Esther, Rabbanit Levana bat Sarah, Rabbefraim ben Shulamit, Rabbanit Sarah bat Anat. Um, David ben Esriah, Doris bat Jora, Itro ben Avraham, Talia bat Sarah, Orit bat Ilana, uh, Rifka bat Sarah, and uh, uh, Tinok ben Rifka. I still don't know the name of the Tinok. I'm assuming they haven't uh, done the Brit Mila yet, but Baruch Hashem Tinok is miraculously uh, out of the uh, hospital despite being uh, born premature. Uh, several months, but Hashem miraculously, the prayers have worked. Hashem had mercy on us, and the baby is out. Back he's home, and uh, we're uh, waiting to hear the good news that the blik milah is going to come. Uh, also tonight, she will be for Haraba, uh, for uh, Amir Ben uh, Shahin, uh, Netanel Yosef Ben Avraham, um, Alex Ben Noach, Joshua Ben uh, Noach, um, David Ben Nesria. Oshri ben Doris, Gabi ben Doris, Elad ben Doris, uh, Ruben Chaim ben Palaparel, Shaul ben Farzane, Marsha Bat Julie, Ayla Bat Marsha, Samuel ben Marsha, Sefas ben Marsha, Alexander ben Marsha, Louis ben Marsha and uh if I didn't say it, Shaul ben Farzane. Kadosh bkhu yvarach otam bekol mikol kol chayim arukim shlemim aleim Torah mitzvot Kmilut uh, Chasadim, to them and to all of the uh, righteous people that continue to uh, to help us uh, do all the amazing things that we're doing, Bo Hashem. So, a uh, little brief update: the campaign for Rosh Hashanah uh, continues to uh, go where we're pushing, Bo Hashem. And uh, I got news today that uh, we've already run out of the money that uh, we originally designated to give. Uh, to help all of the Avrechim uh, and all of the righteous families and all the poor people in Eretz Israel, And still we had more people coming. There was a, a whole group of Avrechim uh, from our kolel, from different kolels, like a whole different community came. One, one person that we already gave uh, to our community, I think something uh, like um, 60 families or 70 families, Came today and pretty much gave us a report of 18 more families. And uh, although it's not Pulim, where in Pulim, anyone that comes to you, you have they say yes. uh Bauch Hashem, we said that Kadosh uh, B'chu uh, makes a rule: who did me a favor first, and I'll pay him. So although we didn't even raise the money yet that we already poured out, we said help those people too, and Kadosh B'chu will pay for it. It's his bill. Uh, so uh, we continue to push forward for all of you that want to help with the uh, helping the poor people for uh, for Rosh Hashanah, for Sukkot, for all of these different holidays. This is the time to make the donations. There is the main campaign uh, that uh, is on uh, our website, designated website www.bhrh.org. B is in Bezrat, H is in Hashem. Uh, R as in uh, Rosh, and H as in hashe- uh, hashana, uh, org. That's our main uh, campaign uh, uh, website. Over there, you're only going to see three choices, uh, which uh, uh, we'd love everybody to be able to do and to afford getting themselves one of those choices. But it starts at $4,000 and it uh, ends at $50,000. Uh, now, of course, many people can't afford it. And Baruch Hashem, a few people did get uh, one of those. For that, they'll uh, not only be a major partner in this campaign, but also they'll get a special recorded uh, video blessing uh, to, uh, to, uh, to them from myself, from Rabbi Ephraim. If they go with the, uh, a little more expensive one, they'll also get a shiur uh, dedicated to them, both from me and from Rabbi Ephraim, which uh, for the amount of merits they'll get just for that single shiur, uh, if you even put several zeros next to that 8,000, it'd still be worth it. Uh, if people only understood what it means to help people do tshuva, to help people get closer to Hashem, they'd literally give their net worth for it. But unfortunately, we live in a generation that does not know uh, uh, the, uh, the real value of helping people do tshuva. So sometimes you have to explain it and remind it, remind people of it uh and uh, the last amount if somebody wants to uh de- you know have an entire series of lectures dedicated to them uh this is uh something that's uh extraordinary i mean you could just imagine all of the people thousands and thousands tens of thousands of people that have watched the series we have about Pirkei Avot, the series we have about the Aramban, uh, the series that uh, we have uh, stumped the rabbi already going on for a few years uh, the series that we had uh, of uh, and bitachon all of these series have uh, literally reached tens of thousands of people. Imagine having the next one dedicated to you. So this is one of the things for those that can afford it. Of course, for everybody else that wants to help but can't afford to, uh, to get these other things, uh, then simply go to our website or go to the app, our Be'ezot Hashem app, uh, and uh donate whatever you can donate simply whatever you can over there whether it's uh five dollars ten dollars ten you know a thousand dollars five hundred dollars all amounts are welcome all amounts are uh you know appreciated donate it over there and uh, bezohem uh we will uh, be able to reach more and more people we're trying to reach fifteen thousand people uh, during this holiday and Hashem, uh will uh, succeed so that's news number one on the uh on the uh, um, uh, campaign. News number two, the uh, YouTube jail that the main channel has been in uh, has uh, definitely uh, hurt in a sense that uh, less people uh, became aware of the lecture that we gave on, uh, on Sunday night. Uh, we see from the views, from the reach that we got, uh, most of you have not subscribed to the Be'ezot Hashem channel. Uh, please subscribe to that channel. Not only because we're still in in YouTube jail, uh, so uh, you know for you to be aware that we're releasing new videos, you won't know unless you're subscribed to that channel. Uh, but also because there are other videos that we release pretty much every day on that channel uh, that are not on my main channel. The uh, this channel, the Bezot Hashem channel, has uh, videos from our kolel, in uh, in Yerushalayim, the kolol of the da, dayanut that we have, uh, Rav Sharvit uh, uh, Rav Naim, all of these tzaddikim are uh, starting to give shiurim, and these are extraordinarily uh, brilliant people. Uh, fantastic shiurim for anyone that speaks Hebrew. Uh, you'll you'll understand what I mean the second you press play, uh, and uh, you'll see how much uh, you know to, to get the emet is always good but to get the emet from someone that's uh, literally uh, a stone throw away from becoming one of the dianim in eretz, in eretz israel is uh, mamash a gift we also have our series of lectures by our own dear uh, rabbi Leib, uh, who's giving a, a series of lectures to several of our students uh, that uh, uh, has actually taken off Bo hashem uh, this is actually also uh, available for people that want to join that uh, session uh, can contact me uh, and uh, he's teaching ilchot uh, shabbat he's teaching ilchot lashon he's teaching a lot of different things that uh, are musal uh, in general a lot of things that uh, people are really uh, that have watched it have sent me private messages uh, and even made some nice comments on the online that uh, they're really appreciative of this uh, these shiulim. So Rabbi labor has been going for a while, and uh, again, this channel is the one that has it. Uh, and of course, we have other things going on there. So that's, uh, you know, uh, the, uh, the Facebook uh, or YouTube jail. Uh, the sentence from what I know is, uh, since they ignored our response and our appeal, the sentence should be over this uh, next couple of days. So with that being said, uh, we have a major news that uh, we are going to release our next major film. And by major film, I don't mean a major film because we like it. I mean a major film that uh, from the amount of Yetzirah that we've had, uh, making it, dealing with it, copyrights, uh, uh, reviewing it, uh, and so on. I believe that this film is going to shake the world. Uh, no less than the Tikkun uh movie has. Uh, my per- Personally, I think it is the scariest thing I've ever seen. Uh, so it's definitely not for the faint of heart, but it's necessary for every Jew to watch it and every non-Jew to watch it. Uh, this movie is called Chibut Akevil and it's coming out Hashem, in the next few days. It's either going to be uh, Motzei Shabbat uh or perhaps it's gonna be uh you know uh, maybe sunday uh, but most likely we'll release this film uh it's gonna be a major film and uh we'll release it everywhere uh initially it'll be released just in english and then as other will do as we did with the other films we'll add the subtitles in different languages over time uh so this has been something we've been go- working on for a long time Baruch Hashem, it's complete uh now one thing that this film has that no other film has uh to the same extent uh it has evidence i don't mean just evidence like words from the sages which is more than enough we mean we actually have video evidence of Chibut kevel uh, included in the film hence the reason why i said this is not for the faint of heart uh so uh it's uh when i saw it when i heard it um, uh, I cried. So uh, it's it's a, it's a very scary movie, but we have to understand this is Torah, and we need to learn it. And when a person understands what is waiting for 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 each and every single one of us, he will do or she will do everything possible to fix that situation, so it doesn't get to that point. Uh, and this is before Ganom. This is before Kafa Kela, this is before everything. So uh, for all of those people that like to make fun of uh, of of, uh, of the sages, like to make fun of Yirat Shamayim, like to make fun of Musar, this film is dedicated to you. The Be'ezrat Hashem, enough people do tshuva that will break your klipa and help you do tshuva also. Because we don't want anyone to have the suffering that's discussed in this film. Uh Yishmo V'Yetzil. Uh, So I highly recommend it for everybody to watch, to share it, to invest in it, to do whatever you possibly can to get this movie out there. So for anyone that's interested in helping us uh, put this film on USB, uh, for us to be able to launch a website with this film on there, which Bezalot Hashem will be working on, uh, to do the same thing that we did with Tikkun Abrit and with Hashem Took Back His Millions, anyone that wants to be a partner in this you're more than welcome to this has been a secret project we've been working on for a long time uh mainly because of the yetzala that's involved in it mainly because of the yetzala involved in it and again i'm sure that there's going to be naysayers that say all types of stupid things your blood is in your own hands uh so uh again it's a um uh, uh, this is a film that's highly recommended for everybody. Now, one major exception that's different from Tikuna Brit is that while I recommend the Tikuna Brit and the Hashem took back his millions movies to everybody to watch, both children, adults, teenagers, new people, uh, from from birth, rabbis, uh, scholars, regular students, Baalei Chuva, converts, goyim. Everybody should watch those two movies multiple times. Hashem Took Back His Millions is very inspiring. Uh, Tikkun Breet is very informative and scary and uh, helps everybody that watches it. Those two films, I highly recommend people to, rec- to recommend it to people, to watch them on a regular basis, be inspired by them. Uh, while I don't like to watch my own uh, lectures, those films, uh, anytime I do get a chance to have, have to review something, or have to look at them, I, uh, I enjoy them uh this particular film Chibuta Kever, um I only recommend for adults uh, I don't recommend it for children meaning children is not like the uh secular definition of children which is pretty much I don't know like everybody under 30. uh no children to us means anyone that's under bar mitzvah uh anyone that's under bar mitzvah under bat mitzvah unless they're extremely mature and they've already watched many of our other lectures and they were able to handle it uh this particular film of Kevel, not for them it should be for everybody that's a little older 13 years old for boys 12 years old for girls and up uh everybody else that's uh, an adult already that's in their teens and uh 20s and 30s and 70s and, and 100 should definitely watch this movie multiple times and as much as you possibly can handle uh because it's a uh if you don't have you got after you watch this film then you should probably check your pulse most likely you're already there uh so uh again it's a uh, highly recommended for people to uh to watch it um hold on a second okay oh and uh here we go yeah a Second. one second guys uh, we have one of uh, Meza's, because uh, um, we have this new system, so I get to see the comments while I'm talking, and a few people are complaining about uh, one of uh, Asher Meza's soldiers of uh, Erev Rav has decided to uh, join us and uh, annoy people. So uh, let's see if we could do something about it while I talk. One second. Yeah, there we go. Okay. Okay, this is the best this is the best that I can do. Uh thank you for cursing me. Thank you for uh saying all types of wonderful things. Ishtabachshimo. Uh you curse here, but a bachu blesses up there. Uh so a, uh, and a really, the only reason I, I I block these people, I try to block them, even though they're like cockroaches, they keep coming back, is because it bothers you guys. To me, it doesn't bother me. And if you notice, many times people curse me out, uh, you know, or, or say stupid things on the comments on YouTube, I leave them there. Daf I leave him there. Uh, it's good for my neshama. It's good for uh, for for humility. And it's also good that B'ezrat Hashem, when a Baruch Hu decides to uh to uh take uh vengeance uh, against those people that uh you know they, they won't uh, ask why you know everybody's gonna know why uh so there's other uh so with that being said rabutai we have a wonderful wonderful last piece of news if you remember i told you we came out with two new books uh hashem we got delivery of those two new books one of them is a uh, extraordinary book it's it's all in hebrew there's Hashem, over time we'll do it in english too i just got my copies it came out mamash beautiful came out beautiful this will also be available for free to download online on our website there's website and also for those ladies that have uh the uh, uh the uh, desire to do kiruv uh for the issues of tarat mishpacha in their community there's a lot of hebrew speakers in your community in the US, please uh, contact us. We'll send you a few of these. Uh, it's all color, it's all beautiful. It's uh, a book about Tarat Mishbachad, the significance of it, written by an expert. What's an expert? A woman that's been a Balanit for almost four decades. Rabbi Ephraim's mother, the Rabbanit Shulamit uh, Kahlon wrote this uh, book. Half the book, or 75% of the book, is different uh, details about. Uh, Tarat Mishpacha, personal stories, uh, beautiful things that she has seen and witnessed herself. The last uh, quarter of the book is personal uh, messages from people that have had miracles and all types of experiences in the Mikveh, women, all types of women, B'not Israel, that uh, have volunteered to share their stories, also part of this book, all of it is in beautiful uh color written nice uh uh uh, format uh, with nikud uh beautiful uh now we don't have that many uh but uh, surely we're more than happy to give them out to everybody i only have uh, a couple of thousand here so uh that i got delivery of today again anyone that wants to do this mitzvah give them out please do anyone that wants to help us pay for it by all means you're also welcome to it's an extraordinary mitzvah to be honest with you if i was a woman i'd start going to the mikveh simply after reading this book why it's just so beautiful and we're not talking about just a uh you know everything is a uh uh you know if you do it then you'll get a lot of money and everything is great she says everything she says the uh, alachot. she says the uh reward the punishment mamash beautiful work and visit Hashem, look forward to actually doing this in english uh that's one Second thing is our illustrious kolel and Yerushalayim. For all of you amazing investors, geniuses, you're geniuses. You guys that are, and ladies that are investing in our kolel to get yourself a week or two weeks or three weeks or a month of time of an avrech learning for you, you're simply a genius. Why? You already got a book in your hands. You already have a book in your hands. Our kolel already published its first kuntres, its first book. Each one of the avrechim, Wrote a fantastic uh, uh in here. And it also includes Rabbi Fraim, includes myself. It's again, it's in Hebrew, came out beautiful, nice cover, nice uh text, and also in it there are, I believe it's uh either, I think it's uh seven, seven or ten letters from Rav Ovadi Yosef that have never been published. The Bo Hashem. We got, uh, and, uh, and uh, these are letters that are seeing the light of day for the first time. Uh, from Rav that he wrote to different Chachamim, to different people. You know, people that are telling me the Chachamim, simply, they hear this, they salivate. And they want it. Why? This is one of those things where you want to see how the Chachamim operated their life. So you see the letters in their true format, in color, with the handwriting from Rav That's in the beginning of this kuntres. And then the rest of the kuntres is a different write-ups by the uh, our uh, genius Avraham uh, and also it included me what could I say I have to throw my name in there uh, and uh, perhaps write the uh, the the uh, the legends the legends of the of, of the Torah world Hashem. Uh, so with that being said again we have some of those for anybody that has uh, a uh, yeshiva kolel, people that are Tomid HaChachamim wants to get himself a few of these copies by all means contact us we'll send them to you only us don't ask me to send it to uh, some different country because simply just the the shipping alone is too expensive uh, uh so it's a it's just it doesn't make that much sense and we're going to have it available for free for anybody that wants to uh print it uh, uh themselves or uh, or uh, just read it themselves you'll, you'll have it on our website very soon too. visit the ship so with all that being said Hashem, lots of good news lots of updates we are going to continue learning from the gaon the gaon Mivirna of how to be a jew how to operate how to live our life one of the greatest problems that uh, each and every single one of us face on a, on a on a day-to-day basis is our preparation for shabbat why our preparation for shabbat is a is a uh is a difficulty because we know that even if we'll have good things to say during the whole week we'll have Torah to say during the whole week we'll have good thoughts during the whole week we'll you know we'll say thank you the whole week we'll say we'll, we'll let things go during the whole week something happens in almost every household in almost every household that doesn't prepare right where shabbat comes in and all of a sudden you're angry about everything everything breaks all of a sudden all of a sudden you forgot how to eat everything spills on your brand new shirt everything breaks a mess people want to argue people this but what happened it's almost like you have shulchan shabbat and the satan has a seat so there's a lot of problems that people have mainly on shabbat mainly on shabbat and we should know that to have a sin made on shabbat is much worse to make that very same sin during the week how much the gemara says karim, Hashem yishmo. Hashem yishmo. may Maybe all do for this starting with myself where a person gets mad person gets mad it's not good person gets angry it's not good person exerts that anger terrible take something throws it and breaks it yishmo. why the Gemara says in Masechet Shabbat someone that gets angry should be viewed like he's an idol worshiper. And if he acts out on his anger and he breaks something and he rips something, oh no, he should be viewed as someone that brought a sacrifice to the Satan himself. Hashem Nightmare. Nightmare and if that's not bad enough if that's not bad enough Karim, the Zohar Kadosh says someone that gets angry on Shabbat could be viewed as a Mechalel Shabbat why because while he gets angry his neshama burns his neshama is creating fire and it's like not exactly but it's like he lit fire it's like he lit fire on Shabbat May hashem have mercy on us for any time that we ever got angry needless to say that we got angry and lost control on shabbat how many people contact me and tell me i don't understand rabbi i have shlom Bait the whole week i love my kids all week everything is great the whole week come shabbat nightmare fight argue this that ooh ah e a eh. i didn't want shabbat to exist anymore that's what happens a lot of times why sometimes we don't prepare ourselves mentally spiritually and we lose ourselves and we need to understand that shabbat is a big deal shabbat is a big deal so much so that anyone that kept shabbat while they were alive if they made other averot, they made other sins and they have to go to baruchu turns off the fire gets them out of gain for shabbat meaning they get peace at least once a week even though they made other avirot, other sins that get them to Gainom, Shabbat, because you kept it, the fire is off, except if the person did not keep Shabbat. If the person did desecrate Shabbat, he even gets punished on Shabbat, needless to say. And if the person got angry on Shabbat, lit fire on Shabbat, it's like a Shabbat. So that's why we need to do as much tshuva as possible now, now, today. Today we need to do tshuva. Today we need to do tshuva. Before Rosh Hashanah we need to do tshuva. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for not having enough emunah in you. I'm sorry for having so much arrogance that I thought that I run the world. I'm sorry for having so much uh, audacity to think that I can do whatever I want. I'm sorry for ever expressing the anger like an animal. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. A million and a half times before Rosh Hashanah. Before Rosh Hashanah. Why? roshana Rosh is when a who looks at the and says okay let's see what kind of what kind of what kind of, cheshbon, what kind of account does Ruben have here what kind of account does he have and when am i going to make him pay the bill so here the galmi vilna after telling us all the important things about raising kids all the important things about knowing how to give chinuch to the boys chinuch to the girls and then last week teaching us of how to determine whether a woman is a good woman or not whether she's a uh, good candidate to marry or not whether we're stuck with a bad woman or we're we're, we're with a good woman and we just don't know how to appreciate it whether our marriage is a problem or we are the problem and i can tell you from experience with people lots and lots and lots and lots of slum issues it's not the marriage is the problem the people are the problem she is the problem he is the problem too much arrogance too much stuffiness too much uh, uh, uh stinginess he's cheap she's uh doesn't take care of herself he's uh he, he walks around like a garbage pail she uh is angry about everything he is uh nasty cares less about everything other than himself he's this she's that and they still want shalom not reality not reality and Baruch Hashem, after giving people a lot of guidance all for free Baruch Hashem. What happens in the end? Oh, Hashem, if they do what Torah says, not what I say, what Torah says, they have Shlom They have Shlom I have even people that literally been married. Married for 20 years. 20 years, but don't know how to say I love you to each other. It's a miracle they survived 20 years. I have people, 20 years they're married, they don't know how to say I love you to each other. Unbelievable. They, they're going to say I love you to a Maadan, to a, to a, to a yogurt, before they say I love you to each other sometimes. They don't know how to say I love you. Why? Arrogance. Arrogance. She doesn't want to show him really what she feels. He doesn't want to show him what she feels. Before you know it, they forgot how they feel. They don't know how to love each other. They don't know how to talk to each other. They don't know how to treat each other. Shemesh shem, oh. So the Galvivielin told us you have to know there's a Isha tovah, there's a yisharaham, there's a good woman, there's a bad woman. If you have a bad woman, you have to learn how to deal with it, how to overcome this obstacle. Uh, and if it's not possible, then you have to get a divorce. mean it's about to get a divorce from such a woman but if you have a Isha tovah, you have to do everything and anything possible to make sure that you are also tov, that you're also good to her you treat her good you're generous with her you're you're, you're patient with her and you do everything possible to appreciate her a lot of times we forget we forget to appreciate the people that are most important to us we forget to hu- hug our kids and say i love your mom just because of you why i love why, why, why? i thought you love me yeah i love you too but i love your mom just because i look at you why i see how much your mom loves me because she gave me a kid she gave me a kid she loves me so much she wanted to replicate me that's how that's what a child is a child comes for for anyone that understands what a child is what is a child a child is one of the greatest expressions of love that you could ever have a woman that doesn't want to have kids with you a man that doesn't want to have kids with you is a man that doesn't love you loves himself like erve onan erve onan the, the sons of judah they loved themselves. They wanted to keep Tamar beautiful. They didn't want to replicate her. Why? Because they didn't love her. They loved themselves. People that don't want to have kids, they don't love their spouse. They love themselves. They love themselves. One of the greatest expressions of love is to have a child and more children and more children. Why? Because you love your husband, you love your wife so much, you want another one. You want another one. You want a replication, a little mini version of it. That's love, Rabotei. That's why you see religious families have so much kids. It's not because of just boo boo. It's because of so much love they have for each other. They want more of each other. They want more of each other. That's love. We see the secular couples in the world today. They have what do they have? One and a half kids and a dog. What do they have? They they barely have a a child. After oh one child is a uh, eighteen, the next one is one. What happened for seventeen years? You, You something wrong? No, we took a break. Oh, so wait, so who's who's the one you're all going to play with? Who's he going to play with? Who's going to play with his toys? He's not going to have any siblings? The greatest gift you can give your child is a sibling. And the more of them, the better. But unfortunately, people don't know what love is. They only know what lust is. They don't know what appreciation is. They only know how to take. And unfortunately, unless you have Torah to instruct you in your life, simply put you are in jeopardy you're in jeopardy of living a miserable life an empty life a life with no purpose and unfortunately you are a danger to society you're a danger to society why because you don't see anything other than yourself so the gaomi vilna told us that when we have a good spouse we have to do everything possible to show appreciation Show appreciation. The same thing goes with other things, of course. You have a good job. Show appreciation to your boss that he's given you a job. Say thank you. Say thank you. It's good manners to say thank you. Watch, wow, I say thank you once a year when he gives me a bonus. No, you should say thank you every time you get a paycheck. Every time you get a paycheck. I only met one person in my life that says thank you every time I give a paycheck. Unbelievable. I personally don't look for thank yous, I actually kind of feel uncomfortable. But there's one person, and he knows exactly who he is. Every single time I paid him, he makes a whole big deal of thank you. You saved my life. I appreciate it. Why? You work. If anything, you deserve more. Nothing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Other people say thank you once in a while also. But there's one person consistently. For years, he's with me. And for years, he says thank you every two weeks. And there's nothing better than such a person. Why? You want to pay that person you want to pay a person like this you want to work with a person like this why you know he appreciates it most people oh what they should thank me for working for them everybody thinks that they're irreplaceable everybody thinks that they should be thanked everybody thinks that they're uh, they're uh indisposable and they think that their boss should thank them all the time they think that their uh, colleagues should thank them all the time and that's a very problematic person although you may deserve thanks for certain things that you do don't think for a moment that it's only a one-sided street. If you're not appreciative of the people around you, people will not appreciate you. People will not appreciate you. And the reality is, a person needs to be able to say thank you even to a clerk that gives him his food in a bag at the supermarket. That's what the Chafetz Chaim says. You should be able to say thank you with hundred percent kavanah to the clerk that's giving you the food, to put your food in the bag, or just simply gives you a receipt. Here's your, here's, here's the bill, sir thousand dollars for your for this shabbos here you go sir Okay, what well, you want to pay with a credit card or with a uh, check or uh with uh cash Chafetz Chaim says that person that gave that uh, gave you the bill say thank you to them why if it wasn't for them you wouldn't eat person doesn't understand how to say thank you is a very very sad and miserable person very very sad and miserable person why that person does not understand that the world has other people other than themselves so needless to say, if you have to say thank you to a clerk giving you food, you have to say thank you to your boss that gives you a paycheck, you have to say thank you to, to even somebody that's allowing you to pass in the street, you have to say thank you, be grateful for. Needless to say, you have to say thank you to your spouse for giving you children, thank your spouse for even being married with you, thank your spouse for making you food, thank your spouse for, for anything, for anything. Just look for opportunities. And the more you thank your spouse, guess what? The more appreciative your spouse will be of you meaning the less you think about yourself the more you'll 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 feel it you're more significant you'll feel in the world the less you the, the 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 less me the more you that's the attitude that a person should have that's the attitude that a person should have now how does this connect with Shabbat and everything else next part of the letter next part of the letter the Gaon mi vilna writes very serious set of instructions following the footsteps of the Ramban, that is about six hundred years before him, or the ramchal uh, Rabbi Chaim Moshe Luzato, that uh, preceded him by a little over a generation, where the uh, uh the Gaumi Vilna says, Read this letter et Bekol he says read this letter every week and specifically on shabbat before and during the meal so as not to speak idle words waste of time words and chas god forbid all the more so not to speak Lashonarah. Or the like, God forbid. So here, the gaumi Vilna gives relatively simple instructions to people that obviously know all of this. But not only that, he's following the footsteps of the Ramchal. If you anyone that read the uh, the uh, Mesilat Yesharim, the famous uh, sefer by uh, the Ramchal, uh, Mesilat Yesharim. You see, the in the intro, in the intro, the uh, the preface of the uh, of the letter, introduction letter, introduction uh, writings by the author to this extraordinary sephil that has uh, a exact details of how a person can elevate themselves from being simply an animal to having prophecy. That's if a person. Not obviously not just reads but follows the footsteps described by the Ramchal to the T they can get to a point of literally turning themselves from their animalistic self to obviously righteousness but even more so getting to a level of Ruach HaKodesh and even prophecy even prophecy that's how high your person can get if they follow obviously all those footsteps but in the beginning of that book, the Ramchal famously writes I'm not here to bring anything new. I'm only here to remind you of what you already know, but perhaps have neglected because they're such simple things. They're not what the yeshiva world called lamduts, meaning it's not overly complicated issues even though in reality some of the things that he writes many of the things that he writes surely were written with kodesh because of the genius behind them and just simply just could not be from a a simple human being but the Ramchal writes that he's here to remind us of things that perhaps you already know and even if he 100 meant it which i believe he did obviously he's not a liar it's a and this was read by people that already knew it needless to say the ramchal says you still have to read this book and repeat and the same thing the ramban nachmanides 500 years before them writes in the to his son that to read this letter on a weekly basis and even on a a daily basis why read the same letter over and over again because obviously the chachamim understand that they didn't just put words together to tell you about the weather they didn't put these words together just to make you feel good about yourself and nothing will change but rather they put these words together to remind you of certain things to teach you certain things to bring light to certain things that naturally you and everybody else do not keep the light on these things where there are benefits to reading this type of advice that they're writing in these letters or these books that are not only self evident that these, these are benefits in this letter, whether it's the Gerrita Gra, the Masilit Sharim, or it's the Gerrita Ramban, the advice that we've heard already throughout the last 15 Shiurim of this series is obvious that it's all beneficial. Anyone that listens, that actually what's being said shows sees that it's clear benefit to apply this to our life whether it's applying one percent or a hundred percent of it surely this will benefit my life it's not a big secret anyone that listens to it and is more focused on learning to uh, learning to do something to change their life rather than coming to the platform just to insult just to uh make people uh, uh you know uh confused just to get people to not pay attention, someone that's coming to learn will surely learn and benefit from it. And the lessons are self-evident, they're obvious, they're clear, that they're beneficial. Reviewing it, the Chachamim say, reviewing it consistently will add to that benefit, even more so, even more so, because it will force you to remind yourself of these matters because naturally you disregard these issues you forget these issues it's like someone either has a certain place in their building or their house that they simply don't pay attention to that section of the house or they leave the light on all the time or they leave the light off all the time and they forget sometimes what's even in there now if it's a you forget what's in one of the rooms in your house it's not necessarily the end of the world but if you forget one of the things in your life one of the things that's in your mind one of the things that's in your heart you simply disregard it could be a very big deal why well maybe you forgot that you're supposed to say thank you to your wife for simply being born Maybe you forgot for saying thank you to your husband for going to learn Torah today for a couple of hours. Maybe you forgot that you're supposed to say thank you to your wife or your husband that's helping bring food on the table, either through prayer or through work or a combination thereof. Maybe you forgot. Maybe you forgot. Maybe you forgot. This is easy to forget. Why? one of the jobs of the Yetzirah is to make you forget the most important things and that's why sometimes a woman can be married to a man for 20 years and not hear him saying I love you for 19 out of the 20 years and when you ask the guy hey you, you don't want to be married no what are you talking about my wife's great you love your wife of course I love my wife what do you mean I love my wife, she gave me kids. All of a sudden, he gives you a whole report of all the things that uh, she does, fam. Let me ask you, uh, Steve. You just gave me an essay and a half about all the great things that your wife gave you, this, that, so obviously you're aware of all the good things that she does. You ever tell her any of this stuff? That you appreciate this and that and this and that like you just told me? No, she knows. Oh, she knows? So you assume that she knows. And therefore, she doesn't need to hear it. Instead of taking a Khatan class to teach you just some of the things about how to uh perform the act with your wife, you should have also taken a marriage class, not just a Khatan class, a marriage class of learning how to be a human. When that human is also responsible for another human, like a spouse. Why? Because whether she knows or not that doesn't make a difference you have to remind her and you have to remind yourself by constantly saying thank you by constantly showing appreciation and if you don't show appreciation you don't show love Karim, the other person could be misled to believe that you don't love them that you don't appreciate them and many times divorces happen as a result of lack of appreciation lack of appreciation even though the person does appreciate it and he never knew that she doesn't know. He never know but by the time he knew it was already too late why because she found somebody else that appreciates her it's very important for a person to know that you can never assume that the other person knows needless to say the Ramchal the Ramban the Vilna, and others say that the simplest things are sometimes the most important things hence the reason why you need to review them over and over and over again because the more important it is the heart of the satan will work to make you forget them to make you disregard them to make you minimize them why do you think that there is almost nobody out there speaking against the uh issues of let's say i don't know uh avat israel loving am israel love each other no one really speaks against it people always say you should love am israel love each other be kind to each other and so on you're never really going to see people saying listen L'sonara, it's not really such a big deal. You're not really going to see that. Why? Even the people that say L'Shonorah say you shouldn't say L'Shonorah. You're not going to see people speak against it. Anyone out there say, you know what? Bayt, pff, yeah, Disregard it. Just do whatever you want. You're never really going to see that. You're going to see people say, no, L'Shonorah is important. You should have happy marriage and so on. you never going to see people speak against it. But, but, genome punishment, constant constant insults constant distortions constant different types of uh, speaking and writing against all concept of punishment why because it is one of the most if not the most fundamental and most important lesson in Judaism and in life in general even if you're not Jewish to know that there is a reward and punishment gives everything a value gives everything a meaning when there is no reward and punishment there is no value there is no meaning you are no different than simply some uh, some animal in a zoo uh that uh, was just let out into a open crowd after being starved for a week nothing good's going to come out of that meaning when a person does not understand that there is a reward and there's a punishment and the reward is in in a uh, uh, connection to the effort the more you try the more your reward is going to be same concept with your punishment the more sins a person makes and the more effort they exert in making those sins the heavier the punishment is going to be and you will find more lectures discussing things that are antithetical to the torah things that speak against punishment, things that distort punishment things that even say there is no punishment then you'll find legitimate lectures discussing actual punishment why because the satan knows that if he can get you to disregard punishment he has you in his hands simple if he can get you to not take punishment into account on a regular basis he has you in his hands like putty and he can play with you however he wants whenever he wants and he's gonna choose wisely when to play with you he won't play with you all the time he'll do it when it matters most one way on shabbat Rest of the week, you and your wife love each other. Rest of the week, you get along with everybody. Rest of the week, even a, uh, scree- a shofar blast in your face is not going to make you mad. Somebody blowing a shofar right in your face to wake you up in the morning, not going to make you mad. Yetzirah says, no, no, no. He's not going to get mad for that. He's not going to get mad for that. He's not going to get mad for that. nothing. He doesn't get mad. He's like an angel. Let's have a all of a sudden. Somebody steals money from you. Yeah, okay, what can you do? Somebody embarrasses you publicly. Ah, Bauch Hashem. Hashem, under, you know, knows that I deserve to get to get embarrassed. I don't know why I deserve to get embarrassed, but Hashem knows, and he takes it like a champ. Comes Shabbat, all of a sudden. Ha, can't believe that thing fell. What? The spoon? Yeah! Okay, it's just a spoon. Yeah, but look, the sauce is on the floor. Ah, no, come I don't want to eat. All of a sudden he's like a gremlin. All of a sudden he's like some troll. All of a sudden she turns into some monster. What happened? All week you're like Malach Hashem, you're a little angel walking among men, floating with your kisui rosh. It's like is she from this world? Or is she from a different world, look how beautiful, look at the aura, look at the streams of Kedusha that follow her. Doesn't ever get mad, forgives everybody, doesn't matter how much they insult her and how much they this and how much they that. She's friends with everyone, always smiles. Come Shabbat, Hashem All of a sudden, the kids simply don't hear a normal voice anymore. She cannot stop screaming at them. She cannot stop yelling and screaming and, and, and what happened? Satan says, when you don't understand completely what is the punishment? What is the cause for doing bad things? I'm going to come to you whenever I want. And I'm not just because I can come to you whenever I want. Ooh, what when I'm going to come. Oh, when I'm going to show up at your house when it matters the most when it matters the most this is why there are strange but yet true stories of people that literally committed murder on Yom Kippur on Yom Kippur one of the in uh, from the previous generation he used to go to the jails and visit uh, different Jewish people that are in the jails and uh, once he saw completely Haredi person Hasid learning all day he's in jail sentence 25 years to life what happened murder murder how who what when he murdered his best friend on Yom Kippur the Rav comes to visit him and after a few moments, the Hasid says to the Rav, I know you're probably thinking, how did it happen? How did I get myself to where I am? And I can tell you that on that day, my best friend and I, we, were chavuta, we learned, we did everything together. And after we finished the first section of the prayers in the morning on yom kippur there was a break for two hours before the next set of prayers come so we figured you know what let's just go to the house and relax for a little bit and uh get ready for the next set of prayers so we went to the house and neither one of us really wanted to go to sleep so we started talking started talking instead of talking we started talking nonsense before you know it we found ourselves in an argument and he said something that really crossed the line i got so angry i went into I, I got up i went into my room i opened the safe i took the gun out i came out and i shot him now you're asking me how after i learned torah after i did chuba, after i did became a chassid and everything and him too and we're praying together we're learning together how do i go and murder my best friend on yom kippur he says the Gemara says when a person gets angry and allows his anger to be expressed call me all types of genom take control over him it's 100 i meant the moment i get angry because i allowed myself to express that anger to lose control i lost all control i lost all concept of reality i remember it all happening but I simply lost control, lost control. And a person could literally lose control in the worst possible moments. Now, of course, this wasn't a one time thing. This person obviously lost control other times and didn't think much of it, didn't think it's a big deal. And therefore, the Yitzhak said, Oh, you don't think it's a big deal to get angry? You don't think it's a big deal to work on your midot. you don't think it's a big deal punishment okay no problem I'll come I'll leave you alone for a little while I'm gonna come to you when it really matters and Hashem he came to me when it really matters person needs to understand that the reason why there are so many fakers out there speaking against reward and punishment especially speaking against punishment distorting it minimizing it using euphemisms to to make it seem as if it's nothing is because it is the most important It is the most important it is the most important tool you have to navigate your choices to navigate your choices when you know that there's a very expensive price to pay for xyz you now have the ability to decide you have now the ability to decide with all the information in your hands but when you don't know the price you don't have the ability to truly decide in uh, in an appropriate way you cannot make an educated decision and unfortunately that means that you're more times than not going to make a mistake nobody that knows and believes that a Mikhalil shabbat is going to fry in gehenom for eternity still drives on shabbat no one that believes and knows that information most people don't know and the people that have heard it but still desecrate Shabbat they simply don't believe it why they didn't hear it enough to the point where they understood the message their neshama understood their their inner Wi-Fi connected and paired with the emet and never did they heard it superficially heard it as a punishment but they didn't really connect they didn't pair their neshama with the Emit. and it's the reason why they still desecrate Shabbat. And you will see sometimes I've met people that go to synagogue 25 years driving on Shabbat. 25 years they go in a synagogue driving on Shabbat, never thinking for a moment there's anything wrong with it. And when I tell them, yeah, you know you're not allowed to drive on Shabbat, say, yeah, maybe if I was the rabbi, but you know, I'm just a regular person. Like they don't even think it's much of a big deal. Most people are simply completely unaware, unaware. You start telling them about punishments. They look at you confused. They're like, wait, you mean Jews believe in punishment? You mean Jews believe in Gehenna, in hell? Isn't that a Christian belief? No, it's not a Christian belief. Everything that Christians have, they stole from the Jews. Gehenna is very much a fundamental part of Judaism. Anyone who does not believe in Gehenna does not believe in a Torah. Simple. You do not believe in a just God. But you'll see countless people, and usually the more famous the more dangerous they are to society because when they say that there's no punishment or they minimize punishment, their venom works more effective than a thousand lectures that say that punishment is real. Why? Because people unfortunately don't have their guards up and they immediately pair, immediately pair their neshama with this falsehood. And to uproot it, it's very difficult very difficult I can tell you one thing that I've seen with my own eyes that is unbelievable unbelievable example of what I'm saying to you there is one person that was introduced to my lectures when someone was making fun of me how somebody started a some type of WhatsApp group and his WhatsApp group, they like to make fun of me. I'm not sure if they also made fun of other people. And other people have the privilege of being made fun of also over there. But I know that they make fun of me. How do I know? They decided to add me to the group. Not by asking me. Simply, they added my somebody had my phone number. They added me to the group. And they uh, started bashing me, saying all types of things. Especially when I spoke against the uh, Manus Friedman, and all of these other heretics, and uh, they uh, had a blast, and for me, I like to see this stuff, I like to see what crazy people say, so I could maybe be like Shlomo Melech one day and know the crazy people language, you know, Shlomo Melech, he knew the language of the birds, the language of the plants, language of babies, and he also knew the language of crazy people, so sometimes I like to pay attention to what the crazy people say, maybe I'll be able to help them one day, so anyway, so I am in this group, and then, you know, I don't pay attention to this stuff, after... I don't know, a bunch of uh, hours that I'm in this group. I start looking at the post and I see all these different people. This one's making fun. This one's making fun. And there's one guy that's in the group. That's in the group. He says, I don't know. I just, I saw the video you guys posted and that everybody's making fun of it. I like this guy. Meaning he's referring to me. He said, I like this guy. I don't know. It makes sense to me what he says. And everybody starts bashing him ah you'll know what you're talking about and they're trying to remove him. this guy was already in the group he was having a blast making fun initially but then he actually saw the video that they're all making fun of and he said you know what wow it's actually not as bad as you guys say in fact i like it and before you know it he starts watching some of my other videos now initially when uh, he started asking me some personal questions, you know, when he sent me messages and so on, the most difficult thing for him to understand and comprehend is the whole concept of punishment. It was hard for him to understand it. What do you mean? Isn't that Christian belief? Isn't that why is all these rabbis not talk about it? If this is fundamental, eh, do, 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 do. and it literally took a second for him to believe the falsehood that other people say that there's no punishment, that it's a Christian concept, that it's uh, you know, and so on and so forth. But to actually believe the truth, it took, I would say, at least three or four solid lectures that provided sources and were given with siat di for really for this person to understand completely, punishment is not only real, but it's a fundamental necessary belief for you to be a righteous Jew or a righteous human being altogether and Hashem, this person became a very very avid watcher of our lectures but as you can see this person was a Jew a religious Jew his whole life his whole life religious but to believe to the falsehood his neshama paired with it instantly why that's it makes sure the Yetzirah makes sure he's always prepared when the truth came, it doesn't pair with your neshama right away. Why? If you didn't prepare yourself to be a good vessel for truth, it takes a little while, it takes a little effort to break that clipa to break that klippah that a person has. Now, the Gemara in Gitin, page 52b, says a story that Rabbi Meir Balanes had neighbors. And these neighbors always had arguments happening on Shabbat. Always, every Shabbat, Rabbi Meir and his wife Booya are listening to this next-door neighbors argue, yell, scream, ta 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 ta. So one day, Rabbi Meir, about this, the gadol V'tahol, that literally was able to see. The words of the Torah, and simply and without a scroll, something that is incomprehensible to us. The big Tamid Chacham, the big miracle worker, the big tzaddik that Alachai is like him. Abimelech decides, okay, we're gonna go and invite ourselves to be guests in their house. So of course the tzaddikal wife that he has goes along. Ah, can we come to you guys uh for for shabbat for the wants to come by us for shabbat for the yeah we want to we want to be you know want to come to you guys for shabbat you guys have room for us yeah of course biggest rabbi in the world wants to come to you for shabbat you say no all of a sudden is a guest in the house for shabbat the guest in the in the couple that constantly arguing every every shabbat he's a guest how does the shabbat go no arguing. Why? Rabi Mebanez is in your house. You can argue. Rabbi Mebanez is in your house. You Simply you should be celebrating and say, oh, you know, I probably have a, sh- a share in the world to come just because I hosted Rabbi Meir. You know, a person should be celebrating. Imagine having Rabu Vadya, Rabbi Yashiv, uh, Rav Kanievsky uh, in your house for Shabbat. Imagine such a thing. And now that, he invited himself. Well, who, who's better than you? The host said he came. But that's why the Mishnah Avot says, even if you make your house you're supposed to make your house a house of scholars you always have to have scholars in your house in your house but just because you have a lot of scholars in your house you have a shoe in your house every week you have people coming to learn in your house and so on don't get used to don't get used to these scholars and thereby end up losing respect for them why because when they bite their bite is very painful not that the scholar has shalom. He's gonna take revenge, but rather, if you become very familiar with the scholar and you start realizing that he's also a human being, and you treat him like he's just like you, he puts his pants on one leg at a time, you put your pants on one leg at a time. He eats, you eats. He bathes, you bathe. So you figure, oh, he's just like me. So you start treating him like he's an average person, like he's just like you, and you start talking to him like he's uh, one of your buddies. You start treating him like one of your buddies and instead of saying you say what's up man you know and you start treating him like a uh, he's a uh, just an average joe you have yourself a little bit of a problem if he tells you Torah, he says you should do this ah whatever listen you said it but i'm sure i can find somebody else to say something else start mistreating the chacham, you have a problem why because doesn't like what people disrespect his chachamim, and it can be a very painful bite so that's why it's very important that even if you make your house house of Chachamim never get used to never get used to them always remember that your goal is to be like the sand the sand under their feet that's the goal that's the goal in essence so now comes to your house it's the greatest thing in the world of course you're not going to fight following week following week on a, a, right uh, you know on friday uh, afternoon Rabbi comes to his neighbor oh how are you how are you how are you listen uh, we enjoyed ourselves at your house so much last week we we're wondering maybe if you mind hosting us again for shabbat the woman thought that she just won the lotto twice of course for the love come you can live here if you want not just once the whole week will be here no 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 we don't need a week we live we a house we have a house but we'll come for you for Shabbat we enjoyed ourselves perhaps even their kids while they were still alive all come for Shabbat this family that usually fights every week and guess what the whole Shabbat Torah, no one's fighting Shabbat, the husband and the wife are happy. Look at that, what merit we have. Hashem must really love us. He sent us the Gdolado to a house. is amazing. And the Gemara says, Third week. Rabbi Bilbaan is, Hi, Giveret, how are you? Yes, yes. Listen, the, the food that you're serving on Shabbat is so delicious. My wife and I say we have to try it one more time. Would you mind hosting us for Shabbat? A third time, the woman almost passed out. She almost passed out. It's like Moshe uh, Rabbeinu coming to my house three times. Well, of course, for the Rav, come. Uh, we already have all sections of the house reserved for you. He comes there for Shabbat. The whole family is there for Shabbat. Everything is good. No one's fighting. No one's fighting. And guess what happened after that? no more fighting in that house no more fighting in the house shlombait became a permanent fixture in the house even when rabbi mir and his family did not come to visit comes the ben yo yada and says how come rabbi mir had to come there three times why didn't he just go there one time to teach us that the trait of anger creates three levels of klippa three levels of klippa on a shamah when a person is angry when a person is angry he creates three levels of of klippa on him when it's on shabbat especially three levels of klippa called nachash saraf and akan Ashan smoke and Rabbi had to break this clipa this impurity that these people had on their neshama in order to get back to a normal shabbat so each week he broke one of their clipboard because they passed the test they heard throughout the whole shabbat no fighting one shell broke the second week second shell Third week, third let that's it. Now they go back to a wonderful life full of good Shabbat, Ishtabach Shimon. That's it, finished. Finished, I did my job. I did my job. So here we see that a Talmud Chacham will sometimes do things that completely don't make sense to the average person, but needless to say, he knows. He knows. He knows. Now, the gaomi vilna brings evidence that to repeat basic teachings is not only necessary but it's required it's not only uh important but it's required in order for you to really be able to apply the, these lessons to your life and he says this whole letter that's full of musal make sure to read it regularly specifically on Shabbat and specifically before and during the meal why before and during the meal why uh not uh at any other time why not uh you know during the afternoon everybody's sleeping you could just read it by yourself he says because when you eat it's typically the most comfortable moment your most comfortable whoever is next to you if they want to hear what's on your mind usually that's when it's going to be when you're about to eat that's when you're most comfortable that's when people let loose and unfortunately most people let loose too much they start telling you all types of things and all types of things that includes conversations about other people oh you see what she's wearing you see how much he made you see where they went You see what they did you see what she said see what he said to 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 and before you know it they start talking idle talk and on shabbat it's it's forbidden to talk idle talk talk about nonsense technically you should never do it but to do it on shabbat some sages say where they use the source in the book of from the book of isaiah it's considered shabbat that to talk, idle talk on Shabbat is considered Chilul Shabbat according to some sages. So this is a uh, important. It's also Shabbat. That uh, the reason why it says the Davar in the book of Isaiah that we mention in Kiddush is that you have to make sure that what you speak is not the Davar, it's not the things that you're saying during the week. During Shabbat you should say Divrei Torah. Needless to say, the Gaumi Vilna says that by this reading of this letter is not only going to replace any type of idle talk that you would have said otherwise, because obviously people can't just sit there, mute. People have to hear themselves talk. They have to hear each other talk. They talk. People are, you know, social. Hence the reason why there's an entire multi-trillion dollar industry called social media. People like to socialize. You tell people, listen. A uh, you know the Rabbi Meir Baranes was a big tzaddik. He uh, was one of the six students that Rabbi Akiva started with. One of the others was Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai. Who's Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai? He's the one that went to the cave uh, hiding from the enemy for thirteen years. Did he do it alone? No, no. Actually, his son was with him and a few angels. Oh, thank God he wasn't alone. Wait, that's what you got out of the whole story? that Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai learned an enormous amount of Torah all types of angels came down Moshe Rabenu's came down Eliyahu Navi came down We're teaching them Torah him and his son they were eating carobs for 13 years and drinking water that's how they survived and they that the whole story the, all you got is thank God he didn't do it alone that, that's what you got why there's something else there usually most people get something else out of the story but i guess for you it's important to socialize, isn't it? Yeah, of course. How can you live without socializing, people think. Well, it's right. You know, some people need to socialize, most people need to socialize. And it's allowed to socialize in a kosher way. And unfortunately, sometimes people use their Shabbat table as the place and the moment to socialize and it's forbidden. Forbidden to do such things if that socializing is not Torah talk the Admor migul once had a uh, family come to him crying crying to the rebbe our father has already been in and out of surgeries for many years and until this day despite the doctors cutting him up like he's some piece of meat not a single solution came from all those surgeries And in fact, the doctor today said he doesn't even have a diagnosis. He doesn't even know what's wrong with him. Yeah, but we did 10, 15 surgeries already. Yeah, I know you did 10, 15 surgeries. That's because we thought we knew it's this. We knew it's that. But every time we thought it's this, it ended up being that. And every time we thought it's that and we got to that, it ended up being this. And truth be told, we have no idea what's going on. We have no idea what's going on they just told my father that he has to get another surgery because he has one of those infections one of those problems one of those pains please rebbe please bless us bless my father that he go through the surgery and it's the last one that momigu clearly looks at the family and says does your father cut people up, perform surgeries on other people? Family's confused. No, 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 our father is the patient. He's not the doctor. He says, no, 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 that's not what I'm saying. Does your father and the rest of you, do you guys like to talk about people? So the family's like, yeah of course rabbi we, but, but we only do it on shabbat we only do it on shabbat after everybody ate and uh a few songs and everything and then everybody brings their report for the week who did this who did that that mommy ghoul says to them tell your abba tell your abba to stop to stop performing surgeries on other people's lives and Akadosh who will stop operating and doing surgeries on him. The family came for a blessing. For a moment, they thought they got a curse, but in reality, they knew that what the Admiral Migul said was 100% emit. While they forgot that Lashonagah applies to them, while they forgot that Shabbat is not a time for idle talk needless to say it's not a time for you to talk about other people they never connected that all of the surgeries that the father of the family had to have over so many years had anything to do with their custom of talking about people in a community they never thought that one thing had to do with the other but Hashem, they listened to the advice miraculously the father recovered to the point where he did not have to have that surgery or any other surgery ever again. No diagnosis, yes, diagnosis. There was no diagnosis from the doctors, but there was, yes, a diagnosis from Admor Migul. Your surgeries, your untreatable disease, it's a Kadosh baruchu performing the same measure for measure punishment that he will and he does on everybody else which is you perform surgeries on others or perform surgeries on you some of us merit to have those surgeries in this world and unfortunately some of us don't merit that and we have to pay for those surgeries up there the key is to do tshuva and not to have surgeries anywhere not here or there and learn from the sages that's why the Gaumi Vilna says this to his own dear righteous family full of Tzadikim make sure you read this letter but especially read it before you eat and after you eat that way you're not leaving any room for error you're not going to speak any idle talk and needless to say you're not going to speak hara. why Lashonara because that's what happens when a person becomes comfortable speaking idly especially on shabbat where he opens up a little bit of the door to the Melech, HaMavet, as a kadosh who says you leave a little bit of opening to the sin the whole thing is coming the whole thing is coming you start talking idly on shabbat that's it satan is already in the house before you know it that idle talk will turn into lashon shonara that idle talk will turn into an argument. That idle talk will turn into losing your mind. That idle talk will turn into a tragedy. The Galm Vilna is closing up all the doors here. He's making sure he's like, listen, you want to make sure that your Shabbat is Shabbat Kodesh. It starts with your mouth. You may think it starts with the food. You may think it starts with the decorations. That's all good. But Shabbat Kodesh starts with your mouth. What does your mouth say or not say on Shabbat? That's how Shabbat Kodesh is created, with your mouth. If you say Divrei Torah and only Divrei Torah, you'll have holiness in your entire Shabbat and in your entire week. You'll have strength the entire week. If you talk Lashon if you speak about nonsense talk about sports talk about real estate that you bought or sold or you want to buy you want to sell other people's money uh, the economy uh, 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 other people's houses uh, who's dating who where do you want to go on vacation all types of simply meaningless things don't be surprised if you do not enjoy shabbat and definitely don't be surprised if it gets even worse with the next generation where your kids don't even end up keeping Shabbat because what ends up happening Rabotai, is that even someone that is a big a big doesn't preserve himself and his family from such things he could easily lose lose his kids there was actually a big that came to America years ago to build an empire of Torah an empire of torah he had some gvir, some rich person financed the whole thing built a huge place big community but what ended up happening after many years this chacham decided to go back to israel and when one of the people that we know spoke to him and said what, what what's what made you go back he said i hate i hate america why you benefit you did this you build that you build a whole you know world over there a huge entire community you build over there he says yeah i built that entire community but i lost my kids what do you mean he says all my kids the kids they don't not only they don't want to be bnei torah some of them don't even want to be jewish so how could somebody that's such a gaon such a giant in torah successful in the community and so on how could his own kids be so far from where he is he himself he himself says that at times you'd feel so comfortable that he would talk about things that are in his heart and he would talk about how this wealthy person that he had donating to him said this and said that and he did this and he did that and he would constantly talk about this wealthy person and his kids his little kids they heard constantly all types of compliments about this wealthy guy wealthy 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 if you did, did so the kid says listen i don't understand this this house paid for by the wealthy guy this uh dinner paid for by the wealthy guy this uh community paid for by the wealthy guy compliments go to the wealthy guy the topic of discussion wealthy guy everyone looks up to the wealthy guy and even the genius in torah of the community my father What does he talk about? The wealthy guy. So why should I be like my father? Instead, I can be like the wealthy guy. So what does the wealthy guy do? He makes money. Okay, I want to make money. What else does he do? Does he keep Torah? Eh, not so much. Not so much. Keep Shabbat? Eh, sometimes. What about uh, marriage? Well, uh, his last wife, he bought her from uh, Indonesia. What do you mean he bought her? Ah, he went on the internet and he uh, pressed a few buttons and before you know it, his wife was shipped his wife was shipped that's the wealthy guy yeah and that's what ended up happening with one of the sons wanted to follow in the footsteps of the wealthy guy why because the genius father figured that his sons know that he learns to all the time therefore they'll want to follow him not realizing that his sons are not going to follow just because he did it if you admire something your kids are going to admire something if you want your kids to beat Sadiqim, you're only supposed to talk about Sadiqim. and i highly recommend to people that you know obviously love the emet love the emet even when that emit that we speak about goes against different rabbis that are really fakers liars deceivers heretics don't make that the conversation in front of your kids not on shabbat or during the week don't speak about the stuff next to your kids why only speak about good rabbis only speak about good tzaddikim. only speak about the righteous people why because your kids can't tell the difference between righteous bad good rabbi bad rabbi before you know it they're going to want to be a bad guy no i'm, I'm going to play the bad rabbi today you don't want that you want your kids to only know about tzaddikim. Tzadikim, Tzadikim, Tzadikim. Get your kids as many books about Tzadikim as possible, and read them over and over and over again. Don't worry, kids love to read the same thing for thousand times. If you're uh, you have little shows, little videos that are about these Tzadikim stories of the Bal Shem Tov, stories of different Tzadikim, get you your kids to watch those things. It impacts their neshama. Constantly talk about tzaddikim. Why? If they see tzaddikim, they they uh, they learn about tzaddikim. They're gonna to want to be tzaddikim, and before you know it, you'll have a tzaddikim in your house. But if you're gonna talk about people's salary and the salary caps and the sports players and the stock markets and the real estate and the, all the states and all the different things that are out there, then guess what? You'd be lucky if your kids stay religious altogether. What you talk about on your Shabbat table has a much bigger impact than you can possibly imagine. This is the reason why the Chachamim had a regular Minag, a regular Minag to sing, to sing on Shabbat at the Shabbat table. Uh, Reb Michal Yud lefkowitz he had a custom to not only sing uh, around the Shabbat table but he would actually teach people the songs the lyrics and the meaning of the words each shabbat he would teach people the shabbat songs and what the songs mean to get people connected with these songs connected with kedusha when a person understands when a person understands that their speech is is critical they'll have a very easy time understanding that if they don't use that speech the right way it's very very easy for the satan to take over your entire shabbat now of course just because you want to have a good shabbat doesn't mean that the satan goes on and retires the whole week you had good Torah to say shabbat shows up all of a sudden it's like you've never learned a single page of in your life you have nothing to say the whole week you're you speak you talk you have stories you hear stories you tell stories you're, you're learning you read a few pages of Gemara, this that the other thing come shabbat no abba can you tell us something uh yeah what do you guys want to talk about i don't know you have something to tell us oh listen it was a tough week i'm kind of tired kids why don't you guys go play all of a sudden he has nothing to say a shemish movie on those kids poor kids so what do you do in a situation like this? You have nothing to say, you worked all week, you had no time, all of a sudden you simply forgot. You forgot, you have nothing to say. What do you do? Get yourself a book, yeah. Give me one of the books that we bought for the kids or for the adults or for the adults that are kids or the kids that are adults. Give me one of the books, let's read out loud. Here, yeah, yeah, here at the dinner table, at the lunch table, at the table. Let's read out loud, I'm going read out loud and that's what we're gonna learn today. You open up a book wherever you open it and start learning, start uh, reading out loud. Stories of tzadikim don't go into complicated sugiot and so on. Midrashim, stories, uh bios, things of that nature. Start reading it out loud. It's the greatest gift you can give your family and yourself on Shabbat and any other day, really. But even more so on Shabbat. Why? Because the Satan will work extra hard to make you forget everything. And you're thinking, Oh, I thought I'm the only one that forgets. How about this? I'm a speaker and I forget. I'm one of those people who gave me a gift. I could speak. You, I could speak. Yishtabach ad. Well, we had a couple of times who married us to have the Oshana Raba, a uh, shiul for uh, eight, nine hours. Some people came up to me at the end. and goes, wow, I can't believe you're able to speak for that long. I look at them like, why? Why, you can't do that? No, average person can't do it. Sometimes, Baruch Hashem, a few times actually that we did it, Kadosh gave us d'ishma'ya At the end of a nine hour session, I said, wait, we're just warming up. Let's get, let's get really going now. Like, we have another 10 hours to go. Why not? Kadosh gave us the ability to speak, Shetabach Shimo, and good things, and new things to say. I usually don't even like to repeat the same story twice. Kadosh gave us a lot of d'ishma'ya, But guess what? Yetzerah also interferes. You know what interferes? Shabbat, all of a sudden, forgets everything. Happened, it happened, it happened, I'm telling you it happened. So don't worry, you're not alone. You're not alone. Sometimes comes, I'm sitting over there, my kids is looking at me, I'm looking at them, and nothing comes out. Sometimes I'll have a guest. I'll have a guest come over. Oh, the guests usually come over. They want, they think that they're gonna get an entire personalized lecture, customized. Maybe I'll bring some angels, show them some Kabbalah or something, and sometimes they're disappointed. Why? Nothing to say nothing to say it happens it happens Rabotai. it happens now what's our defense mechanism get yourself a book open the book read out loud and guess what many times much better than anything i could say anyway many times better than what you can say is better than why these are chachamim. you learn about their life you learn about Sadiqim. you learn all types of story mama's delicious delicious and guess what you could take turns You can take turns. You read a little bit. Your wife can read a little bit. If you have kids that know how to read a little bit, get them involved also. Take turns, but pay attention. Don't like get them to read and you're like uh, going and doing something else. Everybody sit there and listen to this Torah, this story, this beauty. Listen to it like it is everything because in reality, it is everything. The Gaumi Vilna says this letter that I sent you, my dear wife, this letter that I sent you my dear children this letter is what I want you to talk about every single Shabbat why because I know that it has the words of the Living God and even more so I know that if you repeat it regularly you'll be able to apply it to your life more easily and even more so you will avoid making critical sins such as Lashonara because once you start getting yourself used to saying idle talk, all types of nonsense, the next thing comes is lashon The next thing comes the rumors, the rechilut. It's just a natural buildup. You start talking nonsense, before you know it, entire conversation about lashon about somebody that you have no business talking about. Before you know it, that idle talk about something that no one really cares about except you. That whole conversation goes into completely made-up rumors. Completely made-up rumors. I have a few people here and there send me uh, messages. I said oh, Rabbi, I want to say I'm sorry. Okay, you're forgiven. What would you do? No, no, I really said I'm sorry because I said something about you at the dinner table. I said something about you in my class. And I said, oh, okay, listen. Me, I don't really care what you say. So I don't get offended. Don't worry. I forgive you. By default, I forgive you. It's good you say i'm sorry you should say i'm sorry but that's not you shouldn't think for a moment that you're finished by simply saying i'm oh, sorry to me oh no that's not enough why i said because you said what you said in front of people so you have to say and fix what you said in front of all those people you have to go fix it oh rabbi i don't remember who was there okay you have to fix it somebody came to the chafetz Chaim and said rabbi i read your book I want to fix all the Lashonara right away. How do I fix it? Say, is there a quick way to fix everything? Chaim says to him, Go bring me a pillow from your house of feathers. Pillow of feathers? That, that's how I'm going to fix it? Yeah, go. Go get the pillow of feathers. So the guy figured, Oh, this is probably some type of Kabbalistic mystical teachings of the Khafiz Chaim. I'm privy to it. Bauk Hashem, great, runs to the house, at speed of light. He's back with a pillow full of feathers. Here you go, Rabbi. Okay, great. Get a knife. A knife? Yeah, yeah, get a knife. Okay, the guy was a person that dealt with tools, had a knife on him, takes the knife out. Okay, cut up the pillow. This pillow cut it up, cut up the pillow. Cut up the pillow. Okay, come with me. So he comes up with him. They go to the roof. He said, now take all the take the pillow, open up the pillow, and let all the feathers fly out. So the guy is like, Wow, this is amazing. This is amazing. I I may, may maybe these maybe the feathers are all gonna turn to angels. And it's gonna all gonna each one of them is gonna go say I'm sorry to all those people and fix all the things I said. So he's like excited. Shh, yeah, fix my sins. And after he's back to reality, says to him, Okay, now go collect every single feather. The guy doesn't know what kind of truck just hit him. He says, excuse me? What what do you mean go pick up the feathers? You mean the feathers that I just... Those, the angels, the feathers. Yeah, yeah, the angels, the feathers. Go pick them all up. It's impossible, Rabbi. They're all over the place. The wind took them. Ah, says the Chavetz Chaim. Ah, it's impossible to pick them all up. Some of them you can pick up. But it's impossible to pick up all of them. He goes... Same thing with fixing all of your Lashonara, just like that. Impossible to fix it up just like that. Impossible, why? Because you said what you said about Tomit Chacham, about a good person, about an honest Jew, about your friend, about your this, about your that. You said something. You didn't say it to yourself. You didn't say it to just your spouse. You didn't just say it to your buddy. You said it in front of people. You wrote a comment on the internet. You made a comment on Facebook because you wanted to tell everybody how you feel. Rabbi, I like your lecture, but you know what? I disagree with what you're saying. I don't think you know what you're talking about. You felt the the world needs to see your comment. You can't send the the rabbi a private email or a message or simply not say. You have to let the whole world know that you disagree with the rabbi or best yet, Rabbi, I don't think the source that you mentioned is right. I think it's a different page. I think you should be careful, Rabbi. Or, you know what, Rabbi? I don't like the music in this video. Maybe you should uh, make the same video without music because this music is really annoying. It's going to make people not like it. And all types of silly things that you just simply had to get out of your, your, your precious little heart. Now, unfortunately, that precious little heart just caused other people to also say that the rabbi is an idiot. To also say that there's a mistake. To also be weakened by your words. So to go and fix all of that, not so easy. Why? You have to go collect those feathers. You have to go tell everybody, listen, I'm sorry. I made a mistake. I shouldn't have said the rabbi is extreme. What he's saying is emit. Hey, I'm sorry. They shouldn't have said, I shouldn't have called the rabbi names and called him an ape. Why? He's really a human being, and he's actually a decent human being too. Hey, I'm sorry that I did It's not so easy to fix that. Why? Because you don't know who heard what you said. You don't know who heard what you said. To go and undo all of that, Habibi, is going to be a difficult task. A difficult task. Doesn't mean you should give up, you should surely do tshuva, but it's going to be a very difficult task, no less difficult then collecting all those feathers that went up into the air because initially the person thought that just because he started keeping some mitzvah all of those feathers turn into angels but the Chafetz Chaim says no no Chabibi. they did not turn into angels that's just your imagination that's just your imagination there's no angel here you have to fix everything you have to fix everything fixing everything first and foremost starts with a public apology how many times? As many times as you possibly can do it. If it's a million times you have to do it, then do it a million times, depending on who you did it against. Until you get forgiven. But not only that, you share the information. What's the source? The entire Sefer Sharet Shuvah by Rabbi Yona is based on exactly what I'm talking about. Rabbi Yona of Gerondi was a genius. A Khatan of, 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 of the Ramban from the same family, uh, an extraordinary scholar, but initially was one of the scholars that misunderstood the writings of the Rambam, Maimonides, and went against the Rambam publicly, went against the Rambam publicly, along other Chachamim, burned his books. Thought that this is good, but then realized that he was mistaken when he saw that the Christians started to burn countless gmarot, countless Sifre Kodesh. And he understood with his holiness neshama that if who allowed these idol worshippers to burn our gmarot, to burn our oral Torah, surely that's only a measure-for-measure for, measure for our actions which means that our actions were wrong. I made a mistake going against the Rambam. Let me actually read and learn what he said and from a perspective of he is right, I am wrong, I'm learning. And he read and he read and he read and he learned the truth, which is the Rambam was not only right, he's the gdolado he's the biggest rabbi since Moshe Rabenu. what do I do now says Rabbeinu Yonah. I have to go fix it go collect the feathers how do I go collect the feathers I don't know who heard me say things against the Rambam I don't know who saw me burn one of the books I don't know who did it and therefore spent the next 25 years Going from community to community all over the world, publicizing his mistake. I went against the Rambam, I am wrong. Rambam is right. Rambam is Gdulado. Read his books, you read it, learn his Torah. It's the Emit. Now, you have here not just some average Avrech no one ever heard of, Rabbi is one of the biggest rabbis in history needless to say wrote which is one of the most fundamental teachings of musa we have available in the world one of the most important works of Musar in the world when did he write this as a result of his two decade long for going against the rambam he wrote his perspective his understanding of what shuva is based on obviously countless sources from the Gemara from teachings of the sages and so on and his experience he wasn't writing it writing it theoretically he was writing it in reality this is what you have to feel in order to do tshuva this is what you have to do tshuva for this is what you have to fix this is what happens if you don't and he talks about everything kabutai karim when you say something against a kosher Jew, you have a serious problem. When you say something against a Talmud Chacham, you have a problem, a very serious problem. When you say something against somebody that's a person that helps Amish Yisrael do you have yourself a very serious problem. When you say any of that publicly through writing or verbal or video, it's not a problem it's simply terminal cancer that's what it is that's what it is it's simply terminal cancer The question is just how much time Hashem's going to give you it's spiritually a terminal thing the people that speak against rabbis real serious people that are dedicated to the public they're simply taking cancer from genom somewhere, and they're putting it inside themselves. So comes the Gaon of and says, "No, no, no, my dear children. No, 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 my dear wife. You're all tzaddikim. I want you to stay tzaddikim. How do you stay tzaddikim? Keep the door closed when a satan comes. Let him knock until he's blue in the face. Never let him in. Never speak idle words. Never speak lashonara, Never make up any rumors." not privately and not publicly if you don't do it privately then you won't then you won't do it publicly but if you do it privately eventually you'll do it publicly too if you speak idly eventually you're going to speak l'sonara. if you speak eventually you're going to say uh rechilut, which is making up rumors and if you say rechilut, most likely you're going to feel already comfortable to say it to other people and many people maybe even make a whole page about it videos about it pay everything write books about it and you have, unfortunately, an entire generation of people that that's what they're doing all day. All day they're talking against rabbis. This rabbi is against the virus vaccine. This one is for it. He doesn't know what he's talking about. He's crazy. He's old. He's deaf. He's that. He ta-ta, and you have literally one person after another losing their olama bringing cancer spiritual cancer to their life and then they cry when akadosh who gives them cancer they cry on them it is written the stupidity of man causes him to go against Hashem, and then he gets mad at the for punishing him they say all types of stupid things against Chachamim, against rabbis, against real good people, good Jews. And then Akadosh like Hu punished them, and then they're surprised. They're surprised. What? All I did is write a comment. Everybody else wrote a comment. I okay, guess so everybody else is going to have spiritual cancer too. Everybody else is going to have spiritual cancer also no she's been doing it already for a while i didn't see anything i didn't see anything happen to her okay just wait hashem has patience with different people different amount of patience i've seen with my own eyes i've seen with my own eyes what i would never want any of you to see i've seen with my own eyes what happens to people that go against the torah what happens to people that even more so go against mezakeh arabim i've seen with my own eyes a kadosh who take personal account with those people and literally turn their lives into Ganom in this world and those people you could have moshe Rabbeinu come down from mount Sinai and tell them this is why it's happening and they still won't won't believe you what they're they're so delusional at this point from the suffering from the agony from everything that's happening even if you brought them the truth on a silver platter they can't they cannot accept it they cannot accept it it's almost a lost cause Mamash, aside from like hashem's mercy there's nothing to do about those people and you see one bad experience after another how did it start simple i don't talk i don't talk with other people then lasonara, then rechilut before you know it public statements, public comments, public videos, and little by little, building themselves a real life personal chamber in gainon. And all the Hashem's mercy is what's given them their surgeries in this world rather than in the next world where they have all types of issues. Miskini, poor people, Mama, On one end, you feel bad for them, on another end, you, you can't feel bad for Rasha you feel bad but you can't feel bad it's my nightmare now how does a person get to a point of removing that arrogance that allows him or her to be angry whenever you want because in reality the root of anger is arrogance the root of uh of Lashonara is arrogance the root of practically all sins is arrogance how does a person remove this arrogance like we said in the beginning of the lecture the less you the 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 less me the more you meaning minimize yourself don't look for credit don't look for appreciation run away from Kabud say person that runs away from Kavod Kavod chases him you run away from Kavod Hashem is going to want to give you Kabud you run away from honor Hashem is going to want to give you honor unfortunately most people run towards honor. Most people want honor. And who doesn't like such people? And that's why you see many times those people have public embarrassments. You'll see their wig fall off in the middle of an uh, interview on TV. You'll see that they, they fall and trip and fall in public. You'll see them make silly statements that don't make any sense. See all types of things. Why? Because those who brings shame to those people that look for honor. Look for kavod. But a person that runs away from kavod, runs away from honor, Hashem wants to give him kavod. But sometimes a person lies to themselves. There's one time a guy who tells the rabbi, listen, rabbi, I don't understand. You said if I run away from kavod, then uh, kavod's going to chase me. I've been running away from kavod for a long time, but I don't see it chasing me. The rabbi says to him, no, Habibi, run away from kavod, run away from honor means that you actually genuinely don't want it. You don't want it because you know that all the honor in the world goes to Hashem. The thought you had came from Hashem. The money you have is Hashem. The success you have, Hashem. Customers, Hashem. Your spouse, Hashem. Your kids, Hashem. Everything you have is Hashem. Everything that you have is Hashem came from Hashem. All the honor, all the glory goes to Hashem. You don't want any honor, so running from honor means that you understand you attribute everything to Hashem. Somebody says, "Oh, you did really good, Ba'u Hashem." Oh, you, uh, it looks really good, ba'u Hashem. Everything is ba'u Hashem. All the honor to Hashem. All the honor to Hashem. Then that's running away from honor. You, on the other hand, what do you do? You run away from the honor, but then you look behind. Oh, is he chasing me? you chasing me? Oh, not yet. Okay, let me run. Oh, is he ready? Let me go. Take a step back. Are you chasing me? You're not really running away from honor. You're looking back every few moments. You're looking for honor. You're pretending that you're running away from honor. Now, if you want to have a Kadosh Baalchu, make sure that you get the glory. You shouldn't want it. You shouldn't want it. Minimize yourself, just like the Chazonish. The Chazonish said, Look how beautiful the Musar lesson is in the streets. You learn from the streets what do you learn from the streets he says look in the streets at night especially as the sun comes down you see people see their shadows right the closer you get to the light the smaller your shadow the further you are from the light the bigger your shadow that's a personal Musar lesson from akadosh Kadosh says the Chazonish the closer you get to my Torah the smaller you realize that you really are, the closer you are to my light, the smaller you realize you are and everything is a sham. The further you are from the light, the more of a big deal you think you are. I'm the biggest businessman in my neighborhood. I'm a beast and I'm a ba 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 and you're nothing. You're just far from the light, that's what you are. You have a big illusion, a big shadow. Illusion. Illusion. No, but Rabbi, I made $5 million last year. Illusion. Illusion. You made? Bob kiss, you made. To go to the bathroom, you can't go by yourself. You made anything? No, but I went to work. Honestly, Rabbi, I went to work. I made the calls. I built the this. I built the that. But, but who gave you the strength? Who gave you the wisdom? Who gave you the customer? Who gave you them? Who gave you all? Oh, yeah, of course, Hashem. But I didn't contribute anything? Yeah, You chose. You chose to serve Hashem or go against Hashem. You chose to, what to do with the money and what not to do with the money. You chose, you chose to serve Hashem or go against Hashem. That's what you chose. You chose to go spend all your time working. Okay, you chose, why? Because you believe that you need to work a thousand hours a day in order to make all this money. So in essence, you chose money over God. It's not a very good choice. Why? Because you would have made that money anyway even if you were sitting in a kollel learning Torah all day why because it was already written on Rosh Hashanah that you will make five million dollars but you didn't believe that you believe that you have to go sell and this and that and cheat people and lie and manipulate and this and that and that's how you're gonna make five million dollars you need to do that okay so there you go you made the five million dollars but you have no blessing you made the five million dollars but you're still miserable you haven't made the five million dollars but you don't even realize that it's all a shadow because you're far away from the light person lives an illusion in order for a person to stop living that illusion they have to realize everything is a kid everything is a kid how can you make how can you make yourself realize everything is a kid who Realize first and foremost all the blessings everything that you have good or bad comes from hashem everything you say that's number one number two realize that you're not alone in this world and i'm not talking about aliens you're not alone in this world there are other people in the world The people come to you if hashem sends people to you in some way or another they don't have to be uh you know carrying any some type of notebook with hashem's signature on it somebody comes to you they're needy they have a need they have a problem that's hashem sending them to you he wants to see what you're going to do with that person you're going to help them or not you got blessed they did not are you going to help them or not you're going to be a vessel that hashem uses or not everything that hashem sends you what are you going to do with it He says, i no, not i already gave my stock for the day what so you can't give the guy five dollars you can't give the guy twenty dollars you can't give them anything because you gave your you met your quota that's it you can't do more Do you want Hashem to be like that with you that you met, he met his quota with you he gave you air to breathe that's it he doesn't have to give you any more person needs to understand everything comes from Hashem including all of those opportunities realize you're not alone in the world you're not alone in the world every single thing that comes your way is an opportunity to serve Hashem or go against him when a person understands this to the fullest extent, they could easily become one of the most righteous people in a generation. The Rabbanit Batsheva, Alea Shalom, Batsheva Kanievsky, who was the daughter of Rabbi Yashiv the wife of Rav Kanievsky, she was a Malach Hashem, an angel among men, Mamash, an angel. Her entire house was practically Hefkel for the community. Whoever wants to come in, come in, leave, leave. Community use your, used our house like it's public property because, in essence, it was. You didn't have to knock on Afanasyevsky's door; you just simply entered. Kabanit Kanievsky did not stop helping people that came her way. She understood every one of these people that came here. They came my way. They crossed my path. That's a kadosh who sent me an opportunity. And many times, people would hurt her. Would hurt her. They would ask for help and she simply was not able to do something or she didn't have something. They start yelling at her insulting her in public. Even after she helped them and she helped everybody else, they would insult her and this and it would hurt. And not once did she ever take offense from it. Not once did she ever get angry against those people. In fact, she would make sure to help them even more. She would help them even more. Mama, it's not a, a trait. We're not like these people. These are tzaddikim, but... We have to learn from the tzadikim so at the very least we could aim towards something we could aim towards something you aim towards the moon because even if you end up at the clouds it's still good you don't aim at the tree because in reality if you miss the tree maybe you'll be end up in the ground you look at the tzadikim and you see what can i do when will my actions be like my forefathers and this is not even what we're talking about we're talking about this this generation our lifetime she had this woman that was not uh mentally well and very poor decided to park all of her stuff in their house and all her stuff came with its own unique smell its own unique things that came with it rabanit Kanievsky gave her it hey, this is your bench where you sleep homage this woman would come sleep at this house for years for years she'd leave during the day go somewhere leave all of her interesting stuff and come back one time she asked the rabbinite. middle of the night she wakes up the rabbinite. my foot itches I'm sorry you have cream for foot. The rabanit says, "Mama, she woke up in the middle of the night, three o'clock in the morning. No, I'm sorry, I don't have a cream for the foot. No, I don't have." It. Ah, no, come on! She starts yelling at her in the middle of the night. How do you not have it? You have everything. How come you don't have the stuff that I need? How do you not have the stuff that I need in the middle of the night? She starts just woman starts yelling at her. The rabanit, Mama, angel, says, "I wish I had it. I would give it to you. I just don't have it." No, you must have it. I'm gonna start looking. And she starts going through everything. Middle of the night, she starts going through our room, starts going to stuff. She takes some violence, she says, Ah, see, I found it. And she walks out. Khabanit goes back to sleep. A few hours later, bloody murder. Bloody murder screams from the room. Ah! Khabanit runs out of the bed, sees this woman screaming our lungs out what did you do to me Nothing. what happened look she shows her feet she took this thing that she found and she put it all over her feet and stopped itching she went to sleep she woke up she can't move her feet why because what she took was not cream for the feet it was glue it was glue glue that she glued herself to the sheets and everything else and who do you think had to remove all of that glue from the feet of this woman with the unique smells and the unique attitude who do you think and she was a very clean woman she was a very good woman she loved beautiful things she was very clean she was a beautiful person both in and out but this is a Mitzvah Mitzvah that came my way she understood it she understood it full well this is from Hashem a test from Hashem after this after that Mitzvah for me to do it less me more you very same woman one time comes into the house when the Rabbani was out and goes to a room where she usually sleeps and she sees Rav grandson sleeping in the room. Why? Because he just finished a study session. He got tired. He went to the room, went to sleep. It's his grandfather's house. What happens? Bloody murder, she starts screaming at him. What are you doing? It's my room, my room, get out of here. No, no, I'm just tired, I'm here. You are tired. You're sleeping in my room. She starts screaming. Because goes, what room? This is my grandfather's... Other. it says my room. My room. She took ownership. My room. Avkaniyevsky comes, runs to see what's going on. What happened? Oh, oh, oh no. It's just because the Rabanit usually take, takes care of things. She's just not here today. But perhaps maybe you can come back a little later when the Rabanit is back. So there's no issues of Yichud, you know, men and women she looks at raf the owner of the house and starts screaming at him bloody murder who are you to tell me what to do this is my room you're not gonna tell me what to do and how to talk what does off do you're right and he and the grandson leave the house they leave the house why there would be a woman in the house with them, and not his wife. And what about the fact that she's screaming at you in your own house and all that stuff? Eh, still, it's all Shem. It's all Shem. Less me, more you. She's a mitzvah opportunity for us to control our anger. She's a mitzvah opportunity for us. She's good for us. So Shem sending us a private tutor to teach us how to contain our anger, how to contain our Arrogance, how to have patience. He's a personal mitzvah. That's all she is. That's what the Gdolim, that's what the tzaddikim, that's how they think. Us, on the other hand, not so much. Not so much. We think mitzvah for him. But that's what we have to shoot for. You don't just become the do because you read a lot of books. A lot of people read a lot of books, but they don't become the do you become a gadol you become a kadosh because you use all that torah knowledge to perfect your neshama by completely destroying the me destroying that me and realizing there's something much bigger than me what is it everything else what's bigger than me everything is bigger than me He is bigger than me, she's bigger than me, they're bigger than me. And of course, the Almighty and all of his blessings are bigger than me. Needless to say, he is bigger than me. His commandments are bigger than me. His laws are bigger than me. Everything is bigger than me. Less me, more you. When a person starts thinking that way, the more you think that way, the less you think you even have a right to be angry in fact the more you think that way the more not being angry becomes a reality the more angry you are the more there is a me in you the more arrogant you are anger comes from arrogance if you are angry constantly because the world is not dancing to your tune, because your spouse is not doing everything you commanded him or her to do, because your kids are not functioning at the level that you assumed that they will, and the job did not do exactly what it was supposed to do, and the, and the customer did not say exactly what he was supposed to say, and everything is not in accordance to your plan, you, my dear friend, have a very serious problem. And it's not the customer, it's not your spouse, it's not your friend, it's not—it's it's you. You're the problem. What's the problem? You. You think there's a lot of you. There's in fact too much you. There's too much you. You have to start working on less me, more you. But understand that the more you do that, the more you'll actually benefit. The more you'll feel That the me, the me has a purpose. The me that's there, although it's smaller, it has a purpose. It has a meaning. I am a chupchik in a kadosh b'chuh's world. I'm a little knob in Hashem's world. That's a great accomplishment. I'm a little thing that Hashem uses once in a while to do His will. Amazing! I'm not living an illusion thinking that I'm running the world. I'm not living an illusion thinking that I am the world. I'm not living an illusion thinking that the world runs according to my likings. No. But rather, I am a little chupchik. I'm a little knob. I'm a little button that Hashem presses once in a while. That's an achievement. That's an achievement. Why? You realize you are a little button in Hashem's world. A little chupchik. But if the more you think you're not a chupchik, you're an entire industry. You're an entire association. You're an entire community. You're an entire world. You, my very dear friend, are very sick. Spiritually sick. And it's time to take the cure. And the cure is, less me, more you. When a person understands, understands that this is the greatest thing you can gift yourself the greatest thing you can gift yourself simply eliminating all that ego all that arrogance you'll see that your life turns into one big blessing you'll see that your anger dissipates you'll see that your marriage improves you'll see that appreciation comes naturally to you you'll notice everything she does Oh wow, she wore a different dress today. Honey, beautiful dress. She's surprised you're even looking at her after 20 years of marriage. You noticed my dress? Yeah, it's beautiful. It's the same dress I wore yesterday. I don't know, yesterday was beautiful and today it looks brand new, it's amazing. It looks great on you. What's what's got into him, she thinks looks at his kids hey how are you i love you come come give me a hug give me a hug i love you guys zaba sekima why is he hugging me just 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 hug him honey we are not really sure what the diagnosis is just just hug him just hug him all of a sudden your employees get personal letters thank you really appreciate what you're doing for the company you okay señor work here 20 years. You never say thank you once. No, no, I'm sorry I didn't say thank you. You know what? I'm going to give you a raise. How? Less me, more you. The more you realize you're a little chupchick cheek in the world, you'll realize that the world has other chupchicks. cheeks. There are other people in the world, not just you. And some of those, they help you. they help you a lot. Sometimes a lot more than you help them or help anybody else. Notice them. And those that don't help you, they help you also. Why? They're there not to help you and help you in the process. He came to go curse you. He came to go insult you. He came to go hurt you. But that's to help you. How is hurting you, cursing you, to help you? To see. Have you built yourself? Do you think you're a chick steal? Or all of a sudden you became uh the monster that you really have, uh, have been hiding. Came to test you. <speaking in Hebrew> Take the mic. <laughs> Testing. <laughs> Testing. <laughs> Only that's your head. <laughs> Testing. <laughs> Testing. <laughs> kind of, how did you deal with the public embarrassment? How did you deal with the insults? You realize you're a chup cheek. You realize you're a nothing. So you realize that all of these people and all of these things, they're all for your benefit they're all for your benefit and that rabotai turns your life into a blessing mamash a blessing if you could take that and bring that to your shabbat ooh, wah, ooh, wah, what a shabbat you're gonna have what a shabbat you're gonna have what a shabbat you're gonna have it's gonna be mamash blessings why because less me more you on Shabbat it's all you HaKadosh Baruch Hu. it's all you everything is for you I'm going to eat just for you I'm going to drink just for you I'm going to say blessings just for you for your honor for your glory all the other nations they eat and we eat but there's a difference between us why they eat to fill their stomachs but we eat to glorify our God they eat to satisfy their desires we eat in order to get more strength to serve our Creator says the clear in and Parashat Kitisa in Shira Shirin chapter 7 verse 3 Shlomo HaMelech says your stomach is a heap of wheat hedged with roses and the clear says from here we learn that am israel is exalted over the other nations not only in spiritual matters but even in physical matters of the stomach and that their their manner of eating is hedged with roses bound by strict rules of etiquette and proper behavior we even have alakot in the Shukhan Aruch in or simon 170 and for this reasons the jews praise hashem in the course of their meal because to him eating is not merely a means of fulfilling one's desires but rather it's a holy exercise designed to give a person the strength to learn torah and do mitzvot when there's less you everything becomes significant everything becomes significant including your food your marriage and all of the blessings that you have even the curses become significant Be'ezrat Hashem. each and every single one of us will use and apply as much as they can of this to their life to make their world greater by making it less me more you Amen, Ve Amen. אהב ירון רובנ רב אפרים כהלל ראש יגור בעזרת השם שנזכה בכל שאלו ברכה ובצחה ברוש לטובה וניברכה שבכל אשר יפדו ישכילו ויצחו נזכה נעלות כאילו וכאלה אדיר תורה אדירה אמן ואמן הוא היה מיליונר, הגר את כל הביזנס, אמר, אני משקיע פה בעולמה של פלורידה? כן, עכשיו מה